Nourishment is not about checking out and it is not about doing more. It's about checking back in with what sustains you and pruning some busy work off your plate. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent, or hey, maybe you're joining me for one of your first times, and if you are, welcome, and you are not alone, because this month, in the month of August, while we are doing some really special episodes, I have got an extraordinary co-host here with me, our ambassador of Buzz, Anitza Martins. Anitza, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Carly. I'm so happy to be here. So if you haven't tuned in to episode 91, Anitza and I gave the backstory about why we are so lucky to have her joining in August, what we're up to this month. And part of it is going deeper into episodes that we've seen have really great conversation around and sharing some behind the scenes moments about what went into them as we're taking a moment to walk our talk and take some vacation and restore during the summer month. So Anitza, what episodes on deck today? What are we looking at? So the episode I picked this week was episode 69, Out of Sync, How Wise Women Are Receiving Nourishment. Ooh, okay. So why that episode? Why now? Why are we going there? So this episode kind of like struck me a little bit because you start off this episode with a story about when you were working with celebrities. And the part of the story that you share often is you had 20 minutes and you had to debate whether you were going to shower, eat, or sleep. And I've listened to the story about five or six times. And every time I listen to it, I think to myself, okay, this is the one time I'm going to listen and I'm not going to want to be you in that scenario. But that's simply not true. Every time I listen, I'm like, I would kill to be on a tour bus with celebrities. Like, are, like, are you kidding? How, what? So realistically, that's not healthy for anyone. And I don't actually want to be living that life. But, and you mentioned this in your episode, essentially you had a career that looked good on paper. So my question for you is, what advice can you give someone like me, a 25-year-old who's ambitious, who could potentially find herself in this situation? What advice could you give? Or if you had to go back and do it all over again, how would you find time to make more nourishment into your day? Oh, such a good question. If you're listening, I hope you can see why I so enjoy hanging out with Anitza. <laughs> bring like she gets right to the heart of the matter like right out of the gate you know what I think is really powerful about what you just said there Anitza when you said hey I'm 25 and so like the idea of being on a tour bus just sounds so exciting to me and let me tell you when I was I think I started that work when I was around 26 27 and it was wonderful it was great and so what you're illuminating for me here is that at different moments we will have different levels of energy and different drive and different desires, and it's all allowed. And so if you're in a place, if you're early 20s, or hey, if you're, in, if you're 65, and you have all this extra gumption and gusto and being on tour feels good, then you rock and roll with that. And 
if that ever stops working or isn't working, I just love knowing that there's other options out there too. And so that's a big part of it is where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. And it works until it doesn't work anymore. So I loved it until I didn't love it anymore, right? And so to answer the second part of your question, what advice or what thoughts, if I could go back in time and tell myself, I would probably say, give yourself good food, like make the best decision about what you can eat, where you are with what you've got, and then let yourself off the hook, Carly. And then it's okay. So like, if you have to eat out because you're traveling for work, you look at the menu, you pick the best option on that menu, and then you let yourself off the hook. You know that you're doing you know, 3% better than just winging it and that, that that's enough. And I think the premise of that, Anitza, is if nothing else, even when there's not time for any extra activity, for extra sleep or extra eating or extra showers because tour bus life is not what it looks like on MTV. It's gross. (laughs) Like It's gross sometimes that there is always room for compassion. Like compassion doesn't take extra time. Compassion to self isn't about doing more. It's about the way we think about things. So if my work is feeling hard, how can I be soft with myself a little bit and allow that to be sustainable? Does that answer anything? Oh, no, that answers everything, especially because like, I think it's applicable for my life now, even though I'm not sitting on a tour bus, I dream of it. But I think that's applicable for my life in the corporate world, for the work I do for you and just how I live my daily life. So yeah, it answered all my questions. Thanks, Carly. Well, I'd be so curious for anybody listening in, what questions do you have or what lands with you when you hear this episode, either again or for the first time, put that in a review on iTunes or send a quick voice memo of your thoughts over to Anitza. You couldn't be connecting with a more amazing human being when you do that. You can email it to her. It's Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com. And we'll put your voice in an upcoming episode or we'll give you a shout out by reading your review live. I cannot wait to hear what lands for you as we talk about how wise women are receiving more nourishment. Why, hello there. It is your gal, Carly. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. Or if this is your first episode, we're starting with a rather messy story. Because the last thing I remember, before waking up in a pool of my own drool and tears on the floor of the SLS Beverly Hills, was thinking, all right, Carly, you've got 20 minutes. You can either eat, sleep, or shower before you need to get back on the tour bus with your clients. Which one is it going to be? And then lo and behold, luckily, about 18 minutes later is when I woke up on the floor. You see, even though my career looked really good on paper as the live-in coach to all of these celebrities, the only thing that was really winning, especially in that moment, was hot exhaustion tears and a pile of messy sleep. Because I hadn't learned yet how to be more fully resourced professionally so that I could keep going in the direction I wanted to go while enjoying that present moment too. And so I share all this with you because we're at a really pivotal moment here culturally across the board in many of our careers. And we're going to do something really extraordinary to meet this moment right where it is for the entire month of March. We are going to spend the next few episodes offering you the nourishment and the resources to make sure that you thrive in this particularly intense moment. And here's three reasons why now is really the time to make sure that we fill up the tank of your professional resources. Number one, 
The first class of the Women in the Boundary Academy will be entering the classroom the day this episode drops, which means I will be getting to meet more women and support them in upgrading their boundaries and reclaiming their best time and careers and health. And if I'm frank, (laughs) if you had been listening in for a little while, you know what a big deal it's been to put this program together, how many years have gone into it. And if you had told me just 10 years ago, when I was at the height of my people pleasing, you're going to love me if I do it all phase, that one day I would be opening a school to help women reclaim their lives and their careers and their health and their relationship. Well, (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to hear you because I was probably holding my phone wedged between my left ear and left shoulder while grocery bags were cutting into my arms and I'm shutting the car door with one hip. That is what a normal moment in my life looked like. So we're going to talk a little bit about what allowed me to make that shift and what's working so well for a lot of my clients who are wanting to make the shift from just being busy to being productive and able to enjoy themselves in the present moment. The second reason why now is the moment to talk about being resourced is that January, if you live in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, and shout out to all of our listeners in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere, but the wintertime is usually the worst time of year in this neck of the woods to be making new plans. I don't know why we make resolutions in January when the days are short and it's dark and cold and most of us just want to curl up and lay low. But as we begin to enter a new season, things always feel a little bit more possible. And so as we enter the beginning of spring, or for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, the beginning of fall, now is a fresh and crisp moment to begin something new and reflect upon what is past. And then of course, number three is we're nearing about the one year anniversary of C-19 reaching the majority of the world. Which means as I talk about the beginning of the Boundary Academy or the end of the seasons, this is smack dab in the middle, right? This has been a marathon that just won't end. We have had a wild year both together and as individuals. So you know how I say at the end of every episode, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. I say that Because the traditional business and growth model in most industrialized countries anyway is kind of this no pain, no gain, push harder, get it all done, do all the things mentality. And sure, that does get us places. There is a spot for hustle when we're opening the door to something new, but it's really hard, if not downright impossible, to sustain that pace. Rather, we, like the rest of nature, We are meant to have ebbs and flows and beginnings and ends and plans for sustaining the middle. And so does our work cycle. See, it turns out that growth for most professionals does not look like a line just going vertically up a chart. It looks a lot more like a spiral staircase winding upwards. And so in honor of new beginnings and things coming to a close and the long haul of things that we're smack dab in the middle of, This is the time to just go a little deeper into our own professional nourishment. And if me talking about the cycles of growth and the seasons of the way we see professionals doing well in our modern economy speaks to you, that was one of our first episodes, episode number three about being done burning out. I will put a link to that in the show notes and you can go there to learn even more. But today I'm going to share some of the choice clips from episode 41. This is the episode we talked about 
bolstering our work mojo and the types of nourishment we need for the soul of our career. But before I get to those clips, I just want to do a quick vocabulary check-in with you and clarify a couple things that are really important. When I use the word nourishment or being fully resourced, what I am meaning is that this is our call back to connection and context. Meaning it reminds us, nourishment reminds us of the broader meaning of our work and our days and why we're doing what we're doing. So when we are nourished, this helps us prune back on busy work and tasks that keep us really active, but not necessarily productive or purposeful. So when I say nourishment, I'm not talking necessarily about big, bold actions about having to do face masks or go to spa days or treat yourself to luxury items. All of that stuff is well and good. But when I say nourishment, I'm not talking about traditional self-care, treat yourself models. I'm talking about what gives you life, what gives you professional focus and what mitigates the suffering or the struggles that we just can't avoid that come our way. And when I say connection, I'm referring to what Stella Sacco summed up beautifully. She said, and I quote, As a trans woman, I recognize I will never be free of the psychic harm that transphobia causes. I cannot avoid it. So through self-care, I have to try to mitigate it. And she went on to explain that this concept of the traditional self-care model, it's really been co-opted and marketed mostly to well-off white women. And she was implying in her analysis here that we can use the traditional self-care model as a way to avoid what actually needs to be acknowledged. And so when I say nourishment, I'm talking about our ability to connect first with ourselves and with what matters and with one another, and then to provide that context so that it fits in with your actual life, so that we're not trying to give you, a busy, full woman, more things to do or things that don't make sense for where you are. Nourishment is not about checking out and it is not about doing more. It's about checking back in with what sustains you and pruning some busy work off your plate. So here's what we're going to cover today. Two main things. Number one, you're going to hear me discuss what's missing when our professional mojo or energy level or clarity and passion are waning. So we're just going to talk about what it is that might have accidentally slipped out of our purview that we need to call back in. And then, number two, we're going to go over the four pillars of being a fully resourced career woman. This is not about, like I said, spa days or doing more meditation or yoga. This is really four very specific pillars that we have watched be stabilizing for most women. And what I'd love for you to do is just listen in to the one that speaks most to you. You know, Emily Bilnack, she's a clinical assistant professor at the University of Michigan's Depression Center. She talked about the type of nourishment you're going to hear me discuss as typically more difficult and less glamorous than the treating yourself model. This type of nourishment, it's kind of the everyday things that we do that just make ourselves a little bit healthier and happier. It doesn't look very Instagrammable because <laughs> like, I don't know what about drinking water looks great on Instagram. Like that stuff is boring. But this type of nourishment, it's not for display for other people. It's mainly just for you. And you might be thinking, okay, wait, wait, wait. But people are counting on me. I have deliverables. I have projects to attend to. Isn't nourishment kind of selfish, especially right now when there are so many needs in the world? 
Dr. Alice Domar, she's an author and the director of Harvard's Mind Body Business Center for Women's Health. She did this self-nurture study in partnership, and she found that 80% of the participants say that they would describe a woman who takes care of herself as a woman with good self-esteem, who knows that it's important to nourish her own well-being. And there was only 2% of the participants said that they would consider such a woman who nourishes herself selfish. So just be aware as I go through these options, if any of that thinking is cropping up, any of the I need to be thinking about other people first mentality is showing up. This really is, for the reasons you're about to hear, essential to our moving forward. So before we get started, I just want to pause and give a quick shout out here to a listener. Make Time to Laugh wrote this recently on iTunes. Messy and magnificent is a must listen to. I wish I learned these things before I was an adult (laughs) and it's never too late. It's fun and down to earth, real life podcasts with actionable tips to help you live into your best life. Carly and her guest knowledge, enthusiasm and authenticity, they shine through. I'm always struck by how much I wish we could all be sitting in a living room together, curled up on couches, comfy clothes, cups of tea at hand, a square or two of chocolate in our saucer, and just being in each other's presence, having these amazing conversations. Carly, you are such a gift. Thank you for sharing you. Well, make time to laugh. I am so thankful for you, not just because you mentioned chocolate, which we know I'm a big fan of, but because you are here in this conversation. And I appreciate that you took a moment to reflect that. So for anybody else who's listening in, To this idea of just wanting to curl up on the sofa, I hope that is what this episode brings you. And if you haven't left a review yet on iTunes, I encourage you to get over there and do that because I would love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. All right, let's talk nourishment. What is missing for most of us when we feel cooked to a crisp and we don't have anything left to offer is our connection to our very elemental nature. Literally, we are human beings. We are actually animals. We are part of nature. And just like the rest of nature, we have rhythms. We have cycles. We have a need sometimes to store things. And then sometimes we have a need to release things and cut them loose. And those primal biological needs, they do not give a flying hoot about what's on your work calendar. They don't care about what you've scheduled for your day. You are going to feel the way you feel because it is the natural response or rhythm of your body. And I want you to know this much. The way you are feeling, your natural rhythms and cycles are not here to mess up your work. They are here to inform it, right? However, our regular calendar has not been designed to take into account our natural rhythms. Our calendar are designed like as if we're robots, right? As if we could schedule in all of our needs. Here's a meeting. Here's where I get to 20 minutes where I get to process this emotional thing that just happened, but then I'll have lunch. Then I'll have another meeting and then I'll talk to a friend and blah, 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 blah. As if, as if we could live in a linear predestined line, right? There's also some really simple ways that we can begin to leverage our biology professionally on the fly. Because when you reconnect to the biology of who you are, you become vastly more powerful because you're nourished and you are a part of the flow of life. It takes so much energy to fight the natural flow of who you are. So when you stop fighting 
the natural way you actually feel, (laughs) all of that energy can now be channeled into what you care about. It takes a lot of energy to resist what's true. But when you honor it, now all that energy can go into your work or your relationships or taking care of your health, right? Which are all areas that we want to do well in. So when I talk about right off the bat, the element that is missing from our days, when we notice that our professional mojo is waning, it is usually the honest acknowledgement that we have natural rhythms just like the rest of nature. And just like the rest of nature, we actually need to be nourished in order to do well. And when I say nourished in my practice, we often talked about this as being fully resourced, right? You want to have all the resources. Like who doesn't want to have as many resources available to you as possible? That just makes sense, right? You can only do well if you've got a full cup, right? So let's go over the four pillars of being a fully resourced career woman. These are very simple ways to refill your professional cup on the fly. The first one, and they're in no particular order other than that, this is the order that speaks to me. You decide what speaks to you. But pillar number one of being fully resourced is to remember your body. Put your feet on the ground. Here's what I mean when I say that. It is essential that many times during the day, we let the rest of you, meaning your mental game, your emotions, all of your thoughts, catch up to your physical body, right? How many times have you been in a room physically, but mentally you're totally someplace else, right? You're thinking about something totally different. So this letting ourselves remember our body is essential because it helps us understand our existence in the context of the larger picture. Both the larger picture of your life and your career, but in the larger picture of our collective humanity. So what happens for those of us who forget that we have a physical body, and we've all been there, we've all done that, is we get caught up in the wants and needs of others. And the next thing you know, we're spending all day long putting out little fires and still not feeling like we're getting where we want to get to, right? So we have to remember the bigger picture and tapping back into your physical body goes a long way with that. So that could look as simple as right now, if it's safe, if you're not driving, put your hand on your own beating heart. Can you feel the pulse of the rhythm of your body? And maybe you can put your feet on the ground outside barefoot or with your shoes on right where you're sitting indoors, wherever you are. And I want to tell you a wild and true story of your body. There are some great studies that came out a number of years ago that helped us understand the way blood vessels are formed in us when we're in the embryonic stage, when we're just developing. So it always made sense that our body would develop blood vessels and then blood would begin to flow through those vessels, right? Vessels comes first and then blood pumps through them. But what we actually know to be true now that we have the ability to see an embryo develop is that every single human and their initial developmental stages of life has their own natural rhythmic flow to the way fluid moves throughout their body. So blood and other fluids begin to circulate in their own pattern, in their own swirls. And then the body comes in and builds blood vessels around the natural flow of your body. Now, this is a concept we talk a lot in my private practice or in the Reclaiming Time Studio, the group coaching program that I run for women. Because what happens for a lot of us accidentally is we try to squeeze our natural flow 
our body's own unique rhythms into the structure dictated to us by other people. And the goal for a lot of us when we want to reclaim our zest, our passion, our focus is to begin to create structures and systems around your natural flow. So rather than trying to squeeze you into a career or a business that's been predetermined by somebody else, our goal is to begin to liberate you and to create this beautiful, malleable structure that gives you support for what actually gives you life. So pillar number one of being a fully resourced woman is to remember your body and its natural rhythms and the flow within it. There is information here. Some people call it their gut instinct. They call it a hunch. They call it their intuition. You call it your higher wisdom. Whatever feels true for you, but within your body, as one of my favorite writers says, my body is my compass. It does not lie. That was Terry Tempest Williams. There is incredible knowledge that we want to pay attention to. So when your body's flaring up, when you're getting muscle cramps, when you're getting a migraine, when you're getting other perplexing health symptoms that perhaps you've been to the doctor for and there's nothing technically wrong or your existing conditions are flaring up, this is information. This is not a sign that something is wrong with you. It is a sign that you are being called back to your elemental nature to be a more fully resourced human and worker in the world. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, Women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. They're something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there, just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. Pillar number two of being a fully resourced career woman is to remember the land. Learn the history and current context of the land on which you work. So, What I mean when I say that is maybe you work in an office or right now you're working at home or you work in a shop in some giant strip mall or you work at an airport. Maybe you work on a farm, wherever it is that you work is also where you are living part of your life. Where you work is also where you are living and knowing the land that you are on is an immediate way to be connecting to something meaningful. For the land is what is literally giving you your livelihood, right? So in the United States, for example, where I live, 
most of the land has been stolen and continues to be colonized by white settlers from the traditional territory of indigenous communities that were here for many, many, many generations before white people arrived. So where I live in particular, it's the Leni Lenape people, it's the Susquehannock people who were here for more generations than white people have been in what we now call the United States. So eventually this land, it became farmland for German settlers in Pennsylvania. And for a lot of people, they continue to farm this land. I am surrounded right now. I'm looking out over a massive field of corn and mountains in the distance here. Knowing this land and its history, again, gives broader context to the meaning and the purpose of our days. So I want you to consider, you know, specifically, what is the history of the land you are on? A dear friend of mine, Susie Banks-Baum, who was on the episode we did about trusting your knowing, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. She gave me a great resource recently, nativeland.ca. I'll put a link to this in the, in the resource. They have great information about where indigenous cultures originated, where they thrived for many years, where they continue to thrive, where they continue to do well, so that you can see a map that removes all of the lines of a conventional map and lets you see the original natural flow of the way humans walked the earth. And to give you a little cultural context from the land you're on and who has been a steward of that land even before you got there. So feel free to go check that out. It's fascinating. And I think it's really important as part of our global healing from all sorts of things that we acknowledge the truth of how we came to live on the land we're on. Another thing you can do to acknowledge the land you're on is to consider something as simple as where does my drinking water come from? So right now I'm working from home during this time of COVID and we have a well on the farm. So my drinking water is literally coming from the soil outside of my door. But maybe you have a pipe running to where you are at your house or in your workplace. Where is that pipe coming from? Where is the reservoir of water that's being collected that goes into giving you life every single day? Another very simple thing you can do to remember the land is to notice the papers on your desk. Can you pick up a piece of paper, a post-it note, a binder, a loose sheet for a moment, and hold it with reverence and consider that this piece of paper began as a seed that grew into a large tree. And that tree knew rain and sun and wildlife and storms, and likely it knew heat and cold before it came to live on your desk. This paper lived. It was alive. It was a breathing being, right? Not breathing oxygen the way we do, right? But breathing other gases. And now you give it new meaning with the words and designs that you create on it. So the second pillar here of nourishment isn't about doing anything other than remembering the land you are on, acknowledging the history and the current context of the land that gives you and your job life. Pillar number three of being a fully resourced career woman is remembering presence, tending to beauty. Now, beauty matters for a multitude of reasons. And I think sometimes it's easy to look at it like it's frivolous, right? Like beauty is, I don't know, your shade of lipstick or your style of hair, which are absolutely elements of beauty. There was a great TED Talk where Theaster Gates talked about how to revive a neighborhood 
with beauty and imagination and art. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. But today, I want to just share one thing specific about tending to beauty as it relates to our career. Because I want to be clear, this is not nice. (laughs) It is not just some frivolous thing we do. Tending to beauty is essential. Because having beauty around you reflects back the infinite amount of creativity in the world. And that is important, right? We're all looking for creative solutions right now. We're all looking to come up with new ideas and to be good problem solvers and to be reminded of beauty. In my own experience here is that when we tend to beauty, we are in a state of presence. We aren't wasting energy in the mental circuit of what we should have gotten done or what we need to do later. When we tend to beauty, we are in this very moment. And so one of the reasons we can have a job or a life that looks really good on paper, but we struggle to actually be fulfilled by it, is because we get stuck thinking about progress and we forget about how to be with and enjoy the present moment, right? So when I say tending to beauty, I mean something as simple as creating an unofficial altar on your desk or your workspace. And this could literally mean bringing in a dandelion from a strip of grass outside of your house or your or your office place, right? Or this could mean going outside and selecting a rock that feels solid and strong and holding it in your hand from time to time throughout the day. Or one of my other favorite things to do, which again comes from Susie, is to collect a small pile of a few sticks. Get them down to be like three or four inches in size. Remember Lincoln Logs from when we were a kid? Have that small pile of sticks on your desk and doodle with them throughout the day when you're on Zoom calls or when you're doing phone calls. So rather than just writing things down on that precious paper, you're actually moving around objects of nature, almost absentmindedly. But again, your body is remembering its elemental nature. Or if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen some of the mandalas that I like to make. And mandalas are kind of the sacred creation of what I use, natural elements, to create something beautiful and unexpected without any pre-designed plan. I'm going to put a link to some of the mandalas that I like to create. I love it when you tag me in the mandalas that you are making. That is so cool. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I would love to see what you've created on your desk as you tend to beauty. Now, the fourth pillar of being a fully resourced career woman is remembering a community of sisterhood. This is the one where I just get really real into the point. So living in a world where white supremacy and the patriarchy and colonization have been the norm in many places for centuries, has taught us that we must listen to rich, self-appointed white men who have deemed themselves as the leader of all things, right? Not to listen to ourselves, rather to default to these other self-appointed leaders. And part of the design of those systems and its brilliance is that it removes us from the land. It removes us from our body, removes us from beauty, and it removes us from each other. And when we are detached from the land and from our bodies and from beauty and from a sense of meaningful sisterhood, we become detached from ourselves. We forget what we know to be true or we sense what's true and then we circumvent that knowing, right? So we overwork and maybe we do have some success, but it's never going to be enough if we don't feel connected to that which gives us life. And it's just so easy. You don't need me to tell you how simple it is to get swept up in the world of busy and forget 
what gives us life, right? So it's the default culturally in most places is to get caught up in all the must-haves and the must-dos that we need to get to and forget to tend to what is already good, forgetting to acknowledge what is already working and what we really care about and what we already know. So having a network of women that honor themselves and the land and beauty as part of their professional strategy is what reminds us to tap back into our resources too. Because it's essential that we no longer do business as usual. Business as usual is outdated. It is not taking us the places we want to go. Our goal, women who thrive in our careers, health, and relationship, is not to do business as it has been, but to create business as it could be. Because we can work for an actual living, not in the cliche way, right? But for the purpose of actually bringing forth life. Well, all right, there we go. So as we tend to your nourishment this month, I'll be bringing in guests from a variety of modalities to speak to all the things that give our careers and our personal well-beings life and zest. But I want to know from you, what is one theme from today's episode that is going to stand out to you? What are you taking with you? Post that on a review on iTunes so I can give you a shout out. Or tell me about it by tagging me on LinkedIn or Instagram and we'll keep this conversation going. Because remember, you do thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including making sure that you have the resources to live into the work that gives you life. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.